Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. You guys, I am so excited for today's interview because I got to chat with the one, the only, the brilliant Kaylee Andrews, my dear, dear girlfriend who is my favorite person on the planet, has joined us again this week for another chat. It was our year anniversary last week, and so we had a lot of reflecting to do on uh, just the past year, how our relationships with our bodies have changed in general, and also how they've changed uh, from being in a relationship. Kaylee talks about her autoimmune disorder that she was recently diagnosed with, and the effect that that had on her relationship with herself and her body, and the changes that she had to make, and what that took emotionally and mentally, and obviously physically. It was a lot. We talked through that and we talked through uh, eating disorder stuff for me and kind of what that looks like in a relationship. If you hear that crying, that is our new puppy, Bennett. This is just how this intro is going to be. She has made herself known. <laughs> I promise she's fine. She's just upset because she has FOMO. But anyway, you guys, um, I would say more, but I could talk forever about it. So I'm going to go ahead and let you listen. Enjoy. If you guys are enjoying the Unity Project podcast and you want to support me and get more involved in what I'm doing, then you can go check out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash JackieGTV. That is where you can support me for as little as $1 a month. Or if you'd like to learn more about my story and how I got from there to here type of thing, then you can check out my book, Finding Home. That is the story of me looking for what the meaning of home is and how to find home inside of my own body. If you want to pick up a copy of that, then either send me a DM on Instagram or check out my website. All of that information, the links will be in the description box below. Or if you want to support me but cannot afford to do so financially right now, then leaving a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Podbean, leaving a review down there, letting people know what you think, that is extremely helpful. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Kaylee. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah. We're just just sitting next to me in in your brother's room. Yes. Got a got a workout bike across the way and some birds on the wall. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, for those listening, I'm so excited because Kaylee, my beautiful, wonderful girlfriend, is joining us again this week for the Unity Project to talk about lots of things. We have a big, very, very fun announcement to make for you guys. And then we also want to talk because it's been a year since we've been dating. And so we want to kind of check in and let you guys know how our relationships with our bodies have shifted over the past year just on their own. And then also how our relationships with our bodies as a couple or like from being in a relationship have shifted and grown or whatnot. But very excited. But our big announcement is that we are Oops. 
But our big announcement is that we got engaged. 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 <laughs> yes, engaged with a G-A-Y. Yes. Kaylee, how did it happen? How did it happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, well, you had told me that I had to propose because you were too impatient and wouldn't get the timing right. Yeah, propose first. I'm going to propose first. After. Yeah, so she'll propose eventually. But, um, I mean, you told me you wanted to marry me, like, a couple weeks into our relationship, so you kind of proposed first, but I, <laughs> I put a ring on it. And so, um, <laughs> but I... But I planned, um, well, we were going to go to Malibu for our one-year anniversary, and I used that kind of um, as the in. I wanted to propose on our year anniversary, but I thought it was really cool that we were going to go on a trip for it, and I was like, okay, now I can plan all the pieces, and I know, you know, where I need to look for a photographer and what... Um, you know, what, where I want to propose and where I want to take her for dinner and stuff like that. So I got to plan all the details. So we, um, went up to Malibu and we got, we got there, checked into our Airbnb, changed really quick, um, and went out to dinner at a sushi restaurant there. And, um, it was really good really good sushi. Um, and then we, um, we finished up and I had told her I wanted to go watch the sunset on the beach and she had offered up suggestions and I was like, no, it's okay. I'll choose. Like I'll pick where we go. Um, which is not like me at all in any way. (laughs) Um, it's extremely confusing when somebody who's extremely indecisive is like, no, let me decide Mm -hmm. where we go. So, um, I had coordinated with the photographers to meet us at one of the beaches in Malibu and um and I and we we had a you know a secret way of them taking us to the spot and them setting us up kind of um without Jackie knowing and um and then I laid out a blanket and I had a little um a little photo album of like pictures from our first year together. And I also had a little booklet of letters and poems that I had written for Jackie that I had given her before, but I added a few poems and a letter at the end um, for our anniversary and also to um, ask her to marry me. So the last poem I read to her, I let her read a couple poems and then I read her the last one. And then I said, you know, we've had an amazing first year together. Um, How does forever sound? Would you, will you marry me? And she said, no, I'm just kidding. She said, yes. <laughs> and this is our breakup announcement. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, I'm no. kidding. Oh, that hurt. That, like, physically hurt it me. It hurt to say. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. So she said, yes, and I put the ring on her finger, and the photographers got really close and took a bunch of pictures of us. And then she's like, oh, those are our photographers, because she had seen them. And, I just um, thought they looked like very cool people, but they were there. And I was like, why are they here? <laughs> yeah, so then they took pictures of us, and it was awesome. And it was super fun and a really sweet um, 
just a sweet moment, and it was awesome to be able to celebrate our anniversary by proposing. Yeah, it was so, so, so sweet. I was unbelievably excited. I teared up a little bit and got all, just got all, I don't even know what the right word is. I want to say gooey, but that's a bad word to use. <laughs> it sounds weird. I got all, I got really happy. <laughs> she got all, like, positive feel. Feels. All the gushy feelings, that's probably yeah, better. gushy is a good one. Yes, but it was wonderful. And like she said before, I had been wanting to marry her and let her know since uh, like two weeks into dating, which is hilarious considering I was the one that like was all afraid of commitment at first and was like really scared to get into a relationship. But then I was the one that said, I love you first and I want to marry you first. And it's just, you know, growth. 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 Yes. Yeah. So we, I mean, for the last year, we pretty much alternated proposing to each other. Yeah. And so it was just like a formality, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but it was super sweet and it was really, really fun um, to plan and to be able to propose and kind of have a moment that I feel like a lot of um, queer people don't, you know, when they're younger, don't think that they're going to get, like they won't get to have that moment where they propose to somebody that, you know, isn't in a, like, traditional heteronormative, like, scenario or whatever. And so it was, it was really, it was really special. Yeah, that, that definitely got to me a lot regarding, like, thinking about me growing up and stuff. And just the idea that I had no clue I was going to actually get to be happy and actually get to be with somebody that I loved and that somebody be a woman because this goes on a whole rabbit trail but I mean super super closeted growing up similar to so many people's stories and just the idea that we get to have that moment that I was just so afraid I was never going to get to have is so it's so good and it's so freeing and beautiful and Something that I really, really sat on and thought about for a while. Lots of, lots of journaling. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, yeah. So, anyway, that being said, I thought it'd be so much fun to let you guys know that and then to talk about, I guess, the topic of this podcast. We'll throw that in there about our bodies and how that's shifted and changed and and grown and it's so fun because Kaylee was actually on my podcast for the very first time uh, about maybe like a year and a month ago somewhere like that where we talked about her relationship with her body and then she was on again later sharing our story of or with me sharing our story of how we got together um, but so much has happened over that past year hasn't it yes <laughs> yes so Kaylee in this very moment how would you describe your relationship with your body? Um, I would say it's tough. Okay. I think I would say the same thing I said at the first podcast, I think, episode that I was on. I think I said it was a work in progress or something like that. Um, I think. Um, but yeah, right now it feels tough. Why does it feel tough? Um, well, so in fall fall of last year, um, I started feeling just sick all the time, and I was fatigued, and 
I had really bad brain fog and my body hurt all the time. And I eventually got diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And um, I was in the midst of a very big autoimmune flare at that time that I didn't know. Um, so I've had to adjust some things and start taking medications. And um, I just want to add really quick, this all was happening right in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Like big time COVID spikes. Kaylee was working night shifts in the emergency room. A lot of the nights she was in the COVID unit. Like it was a lot going on. And then mm -hmm. this was happening Sorry, continue. I yeah, so I got go tested. <laughs> I got tested for COVID like I don't know ten times or something because I was like, this can't not be COVID. Like the brain fog, the body aches. I had a little bit of a sore throat. I was like, this just. If, I don't know what else it could be. So eventually, I um, got diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. When I got the diagnosis, I was at the doctor's office and I was talking to my. Um, my healthcare provider and, um, you know, she was telling me all the different ways that I could help my body and, um, kind of diminish the symptoms, you know, as much as possible. And she basically told me, aside from meds and aside from this dietary change, you know, sleep, getting good sleep and lowering your stress level is, um, basically going to be what helps you the most. And I sat there for a second and I, you know, was thinking in my head, I am an ER nurse and I work night shift. And how does that, how is that going to work? And so I, I looked at her and I said, are you telling me right now that my new diagnosis is incompatible with my chosen career? And she said, yes. And that was really, really hard to hear because um, I have wanted to be a nurse forever, literally forever. And um, I love emergency medicine. Um, that is the field of nursing that I have had the most passion for. So that was a huge wake-up call to realize that, you know, I either had to quit my job or dramatically change how I worked at my job and they um, the hospital system that I was working at at the time did not approve any sort of intermittent medical leave even unpaid and so I did eventually quit that job but that being said getting diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and having a f really significant flare really felt like it threw me for a loop because I had been I had been feeling like my relationship with my body was pretty good and I felt like I had done so much work to even just get back into my body and then I was told that my body an autoimmune disorder basically means your body does not recognize itself in, you know, depending on what type you have, it can mean something different. But essentially, it doesn't recognize itself and it, it starts to attack itself in some ways. And so I was just like, how is it that now when I know how to listen to my body the most, is my body 
turning on me almost. Um, and that, that was really hard to, I guess, grapple with at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I mean, from my perspective, well, this is fun because normally I wasn't there for everybody's story that they're sharing on here, and I was there for this one. Um, so I just remember at the beginning of this happening, like we were constantly terrified, like we said, that she had COVID or that she had just something and we were kind of new in a relationship and so it was just it was really scary I think we both had strep like two times in a row or something it was like this whole battle of trying to figure it out and then just kind of seeing Kaylee go through the process of realizing what even having an autoimmune disease means what that means for like her life like how that changes her um, what she can eat how often she needs to sleep like it just, it, it shifted and changed so many things that it was honestly, it just seemed so emotionally and mentally draining on top of physically draining. And then that on top of having an autoimmune disorder now makes you high risk for COVID and you were working in that. Like, it's just, there were mm-hmm. so many things. And I normally talk a lot about what it means to like not abandon yourself in these scenarios but it's so hard because when you talk about your your job and when you were trying to decide if you were going to quit your job or not or continue being an ER nurse or not um it's kind of a pickle to be like which choice is choosing me because you choose to quit and you're choosing to like take care of your body but you're choosing against your life's passion so that's not fully choosing you it's confusing it's so much more layered and nuanced than I've experienced yeah it is definitely challenging I mean my idea of what I'm going to do for a career is shifting and changing and um, evolving as we speak so I haven't made final decisions but it is incredibly challenging to even entertain a little bit the idea of leaving something that is what feels fulfilling to you and what makes you feel productive and what brings you joy and what you feel is, you know, your purpose. And I used to say nursing was my calling. I think that There is some truth to that, but I think the calling is not necessarily, you know, married to nursing. It's more of what I'm able to offer um, as a nurse. And so that, you know, has had to shift and change. And also, um, I don't know, there's a lot of grief in, in facing the reality that what your body needs is not what your like soul wants. Mm. Yeah, what does that grief look like? Like what if what does that process look like? I guess zoomed in. Um it's really hard. I mean I I don't know. It's it's like it feels like losing a part of yourself in a way. Um, it feels like you're having to separate 
um, I think separate parts of you. Like, I think something that's hard for me is, um, in my job, a lot of times I, you have to self forget, you know, in the moment of taking care of a patient. So in some respects, my job forced me to abandon my body or it doesn't necessarily force me to, but it strongly encouraged me to abandon my body in certain moments just to be able to be um, prioritizing the person that is in front of me that needs medical attention. The job is my passion and I love it and it brings me, you know, fulfillment and purpose. And then looking at it from the perspective of this job is hurting me physically, it is causing harm to my body. Having to look, I think coming back to yourself and being present in your body and being able to listen to your body is so much different, at least in my experience, than being able to take something like my job that kind of made me feel a little bit separate from my body in moments and kind of put me back together as like one being instead of looking at my soul and my body as separate like but looking at myself as like one one um and being able to say okay well if this is harming my body this is harming me my body has to be the leader right now I have to listen to my body I have to prioritize my body my passion and my purpose or what brings me fulfillment my dream really ultimately can change but I only have one body and getting to that point where I, you know where I can say that is it has been extremely hard it's it feels very painful like you're losing somebody you care about I mean because if you think about it like my dream and my passion for nursing started when I was two years old so it's the like a life partner that has to like my relationship with it has to change and like deciding yes I love this job but my body is the only body I get and I have to take care of it even if that means saying goodbye to this dream or this passion. Like, you have to do that. I mean, some people may not make that choice, but I realized, especially, I think I wouldn't have made that decision quite as quickly if I wasn't in a relationship, honestly. Because my physical health was affecting what I was able to do as far as like going on dates with Jackie or going on hikes or even just feeling awake enough for a conversation and so that kind of forced me to look at it from that lens as well like if my body is suffering I don't have as much to give in a relationship if I can't really focus because my brain is so foggy I can't think I can't like just it was just so bad I was like you know if it's hurting me so much that it's affecting my relationship and I'm not able to compensate in any way that 
you know, was even a bigger motivator to really examine like, okay, what has to be my priority right now? Um, And ultimately that had to be my body. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that our relationship was a big factor in you wanting to take that good of care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really special. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think... I mean, that being one very big reason, but why else do you think it's important for you to choose your body in those scenarios? Um, I mean, a big thing is that, you know, this is this is so simple. A lot of people talk about it. You know, it's the whole concept of you got to put your oxygen mask on before you help someone else, um, you know, the idea that you cannot, I cannot help someone and be there and show up for someone, you know, in the context of my job, if I am not at my best or if my body is being harmed by what my job is. So I think that was kind of um, one thing that made it pretty clear is like, I cannot fully do what I love doing. I'm I'm suffering. My job is not I'm not 100% at my job. I I can't do like it became it came to a point where I was like I literally can't do this anymore. Like my body is not capable of it, especially when I was in my, you know, biggest flares. I was like I literally cannot think. My brain will not work. You know, the system is such that you have a certain number of sick days and if you call out too much you get penalized and um, you get written up and you can't have and you know even with a doctor's note it you know if you call out too much it's it's not it's not good so it kind of came to a point where I was like I I can't not choose what is best for my body Yeah, it kind of became necessity in multiple ways. Yeah, and also on top of that, like, just you deserving to get to feel good and to live a full life and experience things. And even just, like, experience hikes with me, but for yourself and get to... You just deserve to feel good. Mm. You don't deserve to be, like, thrown on the back burner so that... um, I don't know. I just, you're worth so much. And Thank you. we work so hard on our mental health, which is so important. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the main things that we talk about on the podcast. But um, physical health, like when it comes to things like this, like it all goes together. Like you're saying, like we're not like a body separate from a soul or a spirit or whatever you'd want to say. We're all one thing. And so, um, if we have like the mindset of not abandoning myself with my like mental health with boundaries type of thing or like whatever that would look like, we can't abandon ourselves like with our physical bodies of um, saying no if you don't have the energy for something or not putting something in your body that harms you or not doing something that is bad for your health. Just stuff like that. I've... Um, learned a lot from you with that this past year oh thank you (laughs) you're very welcome 
So with your with your autoimmune disease, I imagine that it leaves you feeling a variety of things that are not consistently good or consistently bad. Like it's got to be a lot of up and downs. What does that look like for you on like a day to day basis living with this new diagnosis? Um, I read somewhere that the first year or two of your diagnosis are the worst. And I don't really know if that's true or not because I haven't made it even to a year yet. We'll see. Um, but it has proven to be really challenging. I think the biggest thing is, you know, I've found a few things that work um, to help, you know, limit the symptoms. And I've you know, made some changes in my life and I'm not doing night shift anymore and I'm, you know, taking meds and adjusting my diet to, you know, really promote my body feeling the best it can. It works a lot. It, especially at first, it was really encouraging. All of the things I was doing, you know, really worked, especially at first, I noticed a huge change in probably the first month or so of, um, you know, starting meds and especially after we adjusted my dose to be what, you know, was really working. Um, I started having more good days than bad days. Um, my good days, I still wasn't feeling a hundred percent, but I was feeling a lot better. Um, you know, I went from being nauseous all the time, fatigued all the time to maybe, you know, I'd have a couple episodes of nausea throughout the day, but I wouldn't be super tired. I'd be kind of tired. Um, and then it, I would have days where I wasn't nauseous at all, but I still felt a little fatigued. You know, my good days are rarely 100%. Um, but... That being said, you know, there's times where I have several good days in a row and I start feeling like, oh, maybe I'm hitting my stride. Maybe I'm, you know, kind of doing really good. Maybe all my levels are good. Maybe I'll feel like this for a good chunk of time and then I'll have a day where I feel like total crap and I just want to lay in bed all day and my body hurts and I feel like I'm going to throw up all day and... You know, so it's really discouraging to have those days that come, especially in the middle of having a few good days, because I'm like, oh, I'm making progress. I'm, you know, I have some headway. And then it's like, oh, I'm back to square one. I feel terrible again. Um, and just learning to, it's it's been a journey learning to like look at my symptoms and my body reacting in certain ways as communication and it you know my autoimmune disease um is not betrayal it's not my body betraying me mm -hmm. it's my body communicating with me that it needs something and you know if I have a really bad day I can look and see, okay, what are some reasons why it could be a bad day? And if I have a good day, I can say, oh, I think it's a good day because this. Like I got a you know, good amount of sleep last night and I took my meds you know, consecutively and like every day for the last however long. And I'm eating what's going to help me feel good. And But it is still really hard um, because I can't do 
a lot of what I used to do. I used to go on, you know, hikes and I wouldn't have to worry about if I would get tired in the middle of it or if I would even be able to do it or, you know, if my body was going to hurt really bad, you know, even before I hiked. Like, I used to be so, you know, I had good endurance. I had my body was capable of doing a lot more than it is now. And so it's been really challenging to look at something I want to do and then have to sit there and be like, well, can my body do this right now? Especially if it's something that I really loved doing before. Um, Like hikes, going on like a six-mile hike or an eight-mile hike for the day used to be fine, not not a big deal, now, you know, even a three-mile hike can kick my butt, and I may or may not be able to even do it, um, and yeah, it just feels, it feels restricting in a lot of ways, just because I compare it to, like, what I was able to do before, and it's just different, um, and so I just have to take it day by day and realize that, you know, it's okay if my life is different and looks different now. But, I mean, depending on the day, that can be really hard. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the back and forth is really, really confusing and complicated. And, like, it must be hard to feel hopeful on the good days when the last time you had good days, like, bad days followed. It's just, that's really hard. And I think that... The way you described it as far as, like, um, the autoimmune disorder telling your body what your body needs, that is, or must be a really helpful way of looking at it. Because, like, it kind of, it just forces you to zoom in and look at your relationship with your body on a daily basis, basically, and forces you to make that choice all the time, which sucks, but it definitely is a conversation that you have to have a lot now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a day-to-day. Am I going to listen to my body today or am I going to just try to tune it out? Especially on the bad days, like, am I going to just try to power through or am I going to give myself a break and rest? And um, it's harder just to power through now. Uh, It used to be very easy for me to just be like, oh, I'm tired, but that's fine, whatever, I'll just keep going. And I reached a point, you know, through the last six or six months or so probably seven months where I really can't or I have a lot harder time ignoring my body when it tells me like I'm in pain or like I'm super tired I just want to lay in bed and just rest all day you know I'm able to notice that more and also I'm a little bit more willing to pay attention to it um it's, but it's hard when I, you know, want to do something and want to go out, you know, on a hike or just be feeling more awake and, and stuff. But, yeah. Wow. Well, Kaylee, that's been a lot over the past year. And just, just watching you and listening to you kind of go through that and and learn what it looks like to be there for you and with you and take those rest days with you, it's... Or go on the adventures with you when you feel good or just watch you learn to listen to your body has been, it's been really, really helpful for me. 
And yeah, what I guess like to talk about our relationship over the past year, I know that for me, my relationship with my body has changed a ton throughout uh, my relationship with you. Because I had never been in like a super serious relationship before. Um, and I didn't know what that looked like. I was always afraid of letting somebody see all of me all the time. Like there's just so much to, I want to say prepare for, but there's just so much to experience in all that that we had never experienced before. So what did that do in regards to your relationship with your body? I mean, I had not been in a serious relationship either and I for sure had I mean I was pretty much I would I had dated you know different people but I was pretty much single for my whole adulthood (laughs) um so I was really good at just being by myself and being alone and single and you just have to worry about yourself and you take care of you and you don't nobody else needs to worry about it and you don't need to worry about anybody else and it was I mean obviously that can be lonely at times but I got really good at it um and really good at just being my own person and being um yeah and so being in a serious relationship really forces you to look at everything in a different perspective I mean I like a big theme in our relationship I feel like especially early on is that I just felt like I couldn't need things or I couldn't express my needs um and I you know we have had conversations where I'm like I just I'm not allowed to need I'm not allowed to need stuff like and that I think has been a huge adjustment and just giving myself permission to have needs but to also voice those needs and also being able to be vulnerable I think like I have always been a huge champion of vulnerability and stuff but it's really easy to be like kind of superficially vulnerable I guess with like friends or even family um but when you're with somebody all the time and they know everything about you and you you're just in close relationship with them it just takes things to a whole nother level with vulnerability because you kind of just are seen for all you are and there's not it's really hard to hide um and I think you know I think a lot of the reason why it's hard for me to hide now is because I've done so much work to like really give myself permission to be me and fully show up. But I don't know. I feel like learning how to need or that it's okay to need and that it's okay for me to express that. And also just being super vulnerable and, and letting someone else see, you know, the good, the bad, and everything in between, um, that has been a huge, a huge learning curve, I think. Mm. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense, especially taking into consideration 
um, what you talked about with your job and your past of like having to separate yourself to be the um, person taking care of the other person just professionally. But I imagine, especially being a big sister, that's seeping into the rest of your life. And so me experiencing that on the other side has been, uh, it's been very interesting and helpful for me to know to ask extra when you need something or what you need or just kind of try to push you to look up what you need, kind of like you push me to do so. Like we've talked a lot about how we balance each other out very, very well because I am extremely dramatic when I get hurt. I didn't used to be, but now I'm unbelievably dramatic <laughs> because I can be because I used to be the kid that like wasn't allowed to cry in baseball type of thing and now that Kaylee is so kind and so patient and so just compassionate of any kind of wound <laughs> whether it's a paper cut or like I actually really fell off a ledge um that didn't happen I'm trying to think of something big but I've learned to be able to express my needs as far as needing comfort or needing someone to really just like let me be dramatic and I think that that has really just helped each other out with that kind of thing anyway I think another thing that I realized going off of that as far as like what you said about never having someone see or about being in a relationship meaning someone's there to see you all the time, the good, the bad, and everything in between. I've talked about this so much in therapy because I know over the past year I did a ton of trauma work, a ton of like EMDR. Uh, it was like right out of treatment and so I was just really going through it because I was finally nourished, yay to eating disorder recovery. But that meant that it was time for me to do a lot more of the hard work and so having someone who I can't and don't want to hide from or lie to when I'm not feeling okay or when there's something that's on my mind. Uh, it's very different than being all by yourself. Like coming home from a therapy session in the old days, if I was feeling pain and if my body felt like it needed attention in any kind of way, I would try and ignore it and just go out and party with my friends instead because it felt easier to ignore that. But with Kaylee, with someone who I don't want to hide from, who sees me and loves me in all of it, um, I kind of, I just can't neglect myself anymore. And it's been so helpful. And it's so hard because and now like my healing isn't just for me. It's also for Kaylee as my partner. I guess similar to how she talked about um, why she wants to take care of her body so she could show up with me. But I kind of feel the same way with like my eating disorder, for example. Um, I know that it affects Kaylee when I'm not doing well. And not to say that Kaylee's the single reason why I want to do well or it's like this thing where I have to do okay so that she feels okay. It's more so like, how I'm doing matters, not just to me, but also to her. And so it makes me care for myself more because if I don't f finish a meal, I can't just tell everyone I'm fine and forget about it. And it's like she sees me and she knows what's going on. Or like if I'm struggling with like a big depression day, I can't just hide away in my room and not show anybody until I'm ready to go out and again, just go party with my friends and forget about it. Like someone's there to witness that. So it 
it stops me from being able to neglect myself and to ignore myself and harm myself, honestly, by not taking care of me. And that's been, that's been really hard because it's forced me to do, well, not forced me, but it's kind of pushed me to do the hard work. But that hard work is what is making my life so just good and beautiful right now. How has your relationship with your body shifted and evolved over the last year um, from, you know, I guess, alongside our relationship? Um, what are the things that have challenged you or you've been surprised by? Yeah, um, I mean, there's been a lot. There's been so much because I guess not being in a relationship with someone like before you go out to see your friends or even if you're like just dating someone not in a serious relationship you have so much control going into it of how you're going to present yourself what are you going to wear for me like especially regards to like eating disorder stuff um there'd be a lot of quote behaviors happening beforehand to try to look this certain way or feel this certain way when I'm around people. So I wanted a lot of control of how I was presented and I had to be having like an on day and I had to be funny and I had to be quick and, and smart and fun. And so being in a serious relationship, I don't get to do that. It's not that I don't get to do that, but it's just, it's not possible to do that 24 seven. And also that wouldn't be a fulfilling relationship to just be doing that 24 seven. And so, I think it has made me become more honest. It has made me hide and perform so much less because I've gotten so much more comfortable. It's kind of like I practice just being real and not performing with Kaylee all the time that like even when we're with other people, I it's so different. I it's so different as far as me feeling like I have to perform. It's like Kind of my relationship with Kaylee has proven to me that I, in my body, looking exactly how it is, is good. It's not bad. It's not any of these things that I was afraid of it being. And so there's that. It's gotten me a lot more honest and a lot, yeah, just more vulnerable. And it's taught me the difference between fully showing up because we live we've lived together the whole time we've been dating we started dating <laughs> as roommates and so she sees me right before I go to sleep right when I wake up like there's no um there's no hiding and that terrified me before getting into a relationship because I depended so heavily on hiding on the mask on my eating disorder and stuff but I just I can't hide any of that. And so it has forced me to just be one with myself, which is really, really cool. And and I guess that being said, like, just the idea of, like, being in a relationship in recovery from an eating disorder post-treatment is hard because post-treatment, I don't have as much control of my body as I felt like I had before like spoiler alert I never had the control over my body like I thought I did like my body is going to do what it needs to do and my job is to take care of it and listen to it but in my mind I was thinking oh I don't know 
how to control what my body looks like and now I'm in this serious relationship where this person is going to see me vulnerably, is going to see me without clothes on. It's like, that's really scary. That's so scary. And it's like, there's so many different directions I could go with that. But I, just the times when like, again, I, I don't prepare for it. I don't, like, not eat all day because I know this person is going to see me in a swimsuit or something. Like, just the ways I used to go in my head, the different strategies I would try to use to get myself through those vulnerable moments, uh, I don't, they don't serve me anymore and I can't use them anymore. And it's just given me this whole new love for who I actually am and what my body looks like and that's just made me overall so much more comfortable. Like being in a swimsuit in Hawaii was a million times easier than I thought it was going to be. And I still ate all the things that I wanted to eat. I still had the sushi and the ice cream and stuff. And it's like, it didn't feel like this big scary thing because I was so used to being known and seen by you every day mm-hmm. that it didn't it didn't have so much of a hold on me. I guess like body image eating disorder type stuff. And so, yeah, it's basically like I'm I'm the avoider. Like for the longest time, I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I still have a hard time with that. Um, like without clothes on. And now it's kind of just... I've grown so much in that area as far as just accepting myself and not being so afraid of myself, but just trying to be present with who I am. And oh, also, also, this is kind of a side note, but I realized this recently that I used to try to change the way I look to look like girls that I had like a crush on because I was trying to deal with it in some kind of way. Like I went blonde for a while. <laughs> Uh, I would, like, try to be this thing that I, like, wanted. And so now that I'm dating Kaylee, and I think I realized this just when I came out in general, I stopped trying to be this certain way that I wanted my partner to be, I guess. Um, Something like that. It's hard to explain, but knowing now that I um, get to appreciate and love those qualities in Kaylee now I get to find the qualities that I already have and that make me beautiful too like having dark hair as simple as that sounds I really like it now and yeah I don't know that's a thought that is somewhat incomplete because it's very new but it was really exciting when I thought about it but I think overall my relationship with my body has become a lot more honest and a lot less afraid of myself. Mm. That's really good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's really fun for me to be able to witness the the evolution of you being able to like appreciate things about yourself and to see you feel more comfortable in certain situations and more comfortable with your body and feeling like you can show up as you are without having to you know 
fit yourself into a mold of someone else um, has been really, really cool to see your growth in that. Well, thank you very, very much. Mm-hmm. And I think I also just want to add that, like, uh, Kaylee and I, a lot of the time, like, like if I'm insecure about something, like, for example, if I am insecure about not thinking I'm smart, and she'll tell me that she thinks I'm smart. And it's important to her that I believe her that she thinks I'm smart. And so I could still have my insecurity if I'm not smart, but it's so much easier and more important. Well, but it's so much easier for me to believe that she believes I'm smart. And so I think that that in itself has built up a lot of trust. Like I trust the way that she feels about me. I trust the things that she says about me. I can, I just like, I know and believe how much she loves me. And so when she tells me um, that she thinks uh, I'm beautiful or something about my body that she loves or anything that I'm like terrified of and she um, just like loves, it just, I believe her. So our relationship, like the trust and foundation that we've built up over the past year being together has helped me there too. So being with her has really, really helped me learn how to love myself so much more which is honestly like I had no idea a relationship like that was possible so Mm -hmm. good job us yeah I mean it makes me think of like you know people a lot a big thing that people like to say is like you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else and I talked to my first therapist about that um And was like, but that doesn't make sense because, like, you can't be perfectly healed and perfectly love yourself all the time ever, you know, in or out of a relationship. And, you know, something she said was, like, a lot of healing happens from being, you know, in a relationship with somebody. Like, you obviously shouldn't, you know go into a relationship with the sole purpose of healing yourself but a lot of a lot of healing like Jackie talks about a lot is from relationship and just being able to see the ways in which we've both been able to grow and heal and learn to love ourselves through our relationship it's really cool Mm -hmm. oh yeah there's so much to go into with the whole healing and the relationship stuff like I don't know, I went into therapy thinking that, like, there was an answer in there somewhere, and, like, I was going to process through something so much that I'm just not upset about it anymore, and, like, it was all going to be through talking, and I was going to talk through it. But over the past year, while going through all the the reprocessing stuff that I was talking about earlier, even, like, eating disorder stuff, um, having Kaylee be there and love me through all of that and see all of that and the trust that that builds and whatnot, like, that is so healing in itself because it I mean to get sciencey I think we've talked about this on here a handful of other times but like it creates new um neural pathways in your brain so that you now don't think everyone's gonna leave me but now the stronger pattern that's happened is oh no she's gonna stay because she loves me Mm. and so Yeah, and I agree with you what you said about the whole, like, you can't, you're never going to be fully healed and Mm -hmm. whatnot, so you can't just, like, become the perfect you and comfortable with the perfect you before you get in a relationship. Like, I understand not 
I understand wanting to be at a point where you know yourself and you're comfortable mm-hmm. with yourself before getting into a relationship because there's like a risk of, I guess, you could lose yourself in that, but you also could do, could lose yourself in a relationship if you already knew yourself and then just like d- things happen. And so mm-hmm. I think that versus, or instead of that, the aim should be to find a partner that you can heal with and continue that journey because there's new stuff to heal from every single day and there's new stuff to process and work through. So it's like find someone who will grow with you and heal with you and want to find that you as well as find the them mm-hmm. and then the the you guys that it makes or whatever you would call <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my goodness, this year has just been so, so, so much as far as just all the things go with us, uh, with our relationship, with the millions of moves that we made. If you guys are following us on social media, you'll see, uh, you might know that we have been, or we just moved back to California and we're working on renovating an RV to live and travel in. And that has been pretty much the focus of everything other than our new puppy, Bennett, who you gotta know about. She is a gift from the Lord. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A message from the Lord. (laughs) Anyway, that was a joke. Um, (laughs) That has been taken up our whole entire life, lives over the past month or month and a half or so. And... I'm so excited. That's what we've been doing. Kaylee has just been such a badass leading the way with this project. Like, I, she taught me how to use power tools. I'm a power tools gay now, and I'm about it. Kind of. I feel like power tools would be a cool band name, and I'm going to say that live on this podcast. So if anyone takes it, you'll know it came here first or was heard here first. But Anyway, that is what we have been doing. We have been getting the RV ready. Stay tuned for that. There's going to be a really cool video. We got engaged. Stay tuned for that. We got a puppy. Am I forgetting anything? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, well, this has all been so, so great. So, Kaylee, now is the time of the show for Silly Songs with Larry. Also known as my would you rather question. Let me think. Kaylee. Oof. Okay. Kaylee, would you rather live inside the VeggieTales world as a vegetable of your choice, mm-hmm. but you're like in VeggieTale land? Um, so there's always some kind of moral at the end. Bob and Larry are probably going to be your uncles i don't know okay um that's like your life and you're just kind of stuck that way you do have a memory of your real life as a human and you're very aware of what's going on but you're a veggie tale and you you're a vegetable living in veggie tale land Mm. but you're a really rich one you have Mm. lots of good stuff you're like the nebuchadnezzar of VeggieTales without the mean stuff, but okay. with the chocolate bunnies. For people who don't understand this reference, I don't want to explain it, so just... <laughs> just tough luck. Google. Tough luck. Go watch VeggieTales or don't in case it's um, traumatizing, <laughs> triggering, I don't know. Or would you rather live as a tiger in a zoo 
and you're just in the zoo. You have a lot of really good friends uh, in your tiger habitat exhibit. You can't go anywhere though, you're just in there, but that's all you know, you have no memory of human life. Um, you're not rich because you're an animal. <laughs> uh, think of like Madagascar, that's, you're like kind of hanging with them, but you're a tiger. I don't think there's a tiger in Madagascar if I'm wrong. I'm so sorry to the Madagascar fans out there. Yeah, which one? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Um, okay, it's wait. It's been a long day, guys. I have friends in VeggieTales world. Yeah, you got friends in both worlds. Friends in both worlds. Everyone's very like VeggieTales though there. In VeggieTales world, I remember my human life, but I don't have any part of it. Yeah. You're so a like all my friends are gone from human life. Or are mm -hmm. they vegetables too? No, you're you're a vegetable and being a human is a memory. Okay, and all the parts of being human is a memory. Yeah, so you're as human as um, uh, Bob the tomato can be. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, and then, it, and then in Madagascar land, I don't remember being a person. I have friends, and I'm pretty happy in my tiger exhibit. Yeah. But you're just in a tiger exhibit. But they give me food all the time. Yeah, and you're just I'm like in a happy. zoo. Okay, well, I guess I would pick that because I'd rather, like, be I don't want to be a rich, yeah, I don't want to be a rich vegetable that remembers all my human <laughs> friends but can't ever see them again. Oh, that's sad. What if I switch to your friends being vegetables with you? Oh, for sure. Well, if, yeah, especially if you were there. Okay. What kind of vegetable would you be? I was always really into the carrots for some reason. Me too. I think we'd be carrots. I think it was because Laura, <laughs> yeah. the carrot, was like the only relatable one for me. Because she was like <laughs> the only girl. Why was she the only girl? Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, there were other girls. She's the girl I remember. We'll be I some mean, carrots. Madame Blueberry was a girl. She was rarely there. And she's not a vegetable. She's a blueberry. She's a blueberry. That bothered me. If there was a blueberry in VeggieTales, why weren't there strawberries in VeggieTales? Besides that one... Like, silly song or whatever, lesson or whatever that was like, I'm the sweet, I went up the hill, I came down with all the strawberries. Oh my god, I need to go watch that because I don't think I've seen it. Oh my god. <laughs> Which silly song would you perform live for everybody? Um, oh gosh, um, I would either do Barbara Manatee. That's what I was going to say. Barbara or Manatee. Or the Water Buffalo song. Oh, those are good ones. Mm -hmm. Those are probably my favorite ones. I also like Mr. Lunt's um, cheeseburger song. Oh, yeah. But that's that one. Silly Songs with Mr. Lunt, and that's not Larry, so. Yeah. I, uh, when I was in, I think, seventh grade, I memorized the whole entire Lips song with one of my <laughs> friends that I love my Lips song, and we... Uh, performed it for our seventh grade math class. So I memorized that already and performed it. So I say I'll just stick with that because I already did a really good job. That's incredible. Yeah, we like tricked my teacher to leave the room. We like made a whole thing. We tricked, oh, that was your VeggieTales. Yeah, thing. the VeggieTales prank. We tricked, I think it's Mr. Zimmerman. <laughs> How funny would it be if he found this podcast? Mr. Zimmerman, if you remember me from uh, seventh grade, you're welcome. That's and a also. creepy if he's listening to this. 
That's all. You're true. That's very creepy, Mr. Zimmerman. If you're listening, stop. You're creepy. <laughs> anyway, we made him leave the room somehow and then, like, decorated the place out with VeggieTales stuffed animals and put, like, a little... We drew a VeggieTales scene on an overhead... Oh, my... We're, we're aging ourselves. What are those things called? They put on the projector. The, overhead, the, the plastic thing that you put on the projector oh, and it... Oh, I don't remember. Whatever. Just that thing and... It was a whole time. We canceled math class for the day, and it just happened that way. But anyway. Amazing. Thank you very, very much for listening Excuse me, to this podcast. <laughs> Kaylee, for those who don't know, where can they find you on the internet? Um, I am at Kaylee424. Kaylee424 on Instagram. And at Kaylee and K-A-I-L-E-Y-A-N-D on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Facebook, but please don't friend me if you don't know me, because I will decline that real fast. Oof. I'm so sorry. Rejection. I need to clean up my friends list already. There's too many people on there that I don't really want to have as friends. But, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we're going to do then. We're going to go dump all our Facebook friends <laughs> and eat some salmon that we haven't made yet, because we've been here talking. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening, you guys. And we will talk to you later. Bye.